Turtle presents The Power of Partnerships. So uh, I'm going to introduce uh, our next topic, which is uh, evolving the power of partnership between distributors and manufacturers. So demonstrating unique value has never been more difficult for distributors in an era of increasing marketplace and manufacturers selling direct. Uh, the channel is changing and in need of a new infrastructure. This, section, this session now is about distributors and manufacturers working closer together to reinforce our collective position in the marketplace by providing compounding value. So uh, James Dorn is the president and CEO of the Dorn Group and a partner to Total and Hughes in many, many levels. Uh, he's a proven leader with more than 25 years of consulting experience. I guess you, you weren't around 45 years ago either. Uh, 25 years of consulting experience, helping growth-minded uh, executives across manufacturing and distribution firms build modern revenue growth strategy. And with him is going to be Mike Vitiello, which is a 13-year veteran in the industry, prior to joining Total and Hughes as our national uh, VP and, and sales manager. Mike has spent his entire career at Eaton, another Eaton guy. We heard that a lot yesterday. A multinational leader in power management. Most recently, he served as business operations manager responsible for the financial production, marketing, and sales in a New Jersey manufacturing facility. And before that, he built a very successful sales team in uh, New York and New Jersey for Eaton. I was a witness of that. That's why he's here with us today. So please join me in welcoming to the stage James Dorn and Mike Vitiello. Good. You hear me? Yeah. Garrett, that was a phenomenal introduction to this topic. That was not queued up at all. Garrett's showing what the power of partnership really is when you work closely with your vendors. So I'm um, excited today to talk to you guys about the power of partnership. As mentioned, my name is Michael Vidiello. I'm previously with Eaton for 13 years. And when the topic of partnership came up, um, I thought, who better to talk about partnership and Turtle's value with them? than somebody that they stole away from a partner. Um, but uh, with that being said, um, the landscape is changing within distribution. And the value that we continue to bring our vendors, it will separate us from um, our competition. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. And uh, Lewis, thanks for the introduction. Really appreciate that. And I promise, no bathroom talk from me today, guys. Uh, I'm really excited to be here for two reasons. One is I can't tell you how many sales meetings I've attended. And the leadership gives the mandate of increased sales by X. But what they tend to miss out is how can you increase sales by X? It's great to give me the goal, but it's another thing to give me the programs and initiatives to actually reach those growth goals. I think Turtle's leadership today has given everybody here a phenomenal corporate strategy, a phenomenal roadmap to actually increase sales and profitability. The second reason I'm excited to be here is because without great execution, 
That strategy is worthless. These plans are worthless. So everybody in this room here is absolutely vital to making sure that this strategy and these initiatives are delivered upon flawlessly. So great to be here with everybody. Great to dive into this topic. Uh, Mike, if you don't mind, I think I'll uh, do the uh, slide control here today. We'll see Go if this works. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so it's, guys, today the power of partnerships, we're gonna talk about three different sections here. The first is we're gonna give you a little bit of uh, market perspective some of the trends, some of the factors that are going on in the industry. And this is to provide context to what actually went into the corporate strategy and what went into some of the initiatives that you're gonna to see today. The second topic is, is, is gonna be, how can we get a little more tangible with how distributors can actually you know, take unfair share, right? How do we steal share from our competition? And the third is gonna be, how can Turtle partner together to grow? So let's dive into these topics here. The first is the factors impacting distribution. Now, congratulations to everybody in this room. You made it through COVID, right? Three years of disruption, three years of price increases, supply chain headaches, right? We're just about through all that, except for me for some of the supply chain stuff. But if you just took a step back and reflected on, okay, where is the market today? And what does that look like from a 30,000 foot view? You know, and this is what you would see. On the left, the industry has unprecedented tailwinds. There are phenomenal things that are occurring in the industry that favor everybody in this room. It makes your job a lot easier to sell, right? And then on the right, there's also some unprecedented threats that are facing our business that should scare the crap out of everybody in this room right, and force us to try and get ahead of not only where our customers are going, but where our competitors are going. So we'll touch on a few of these. The first on the tailwinds, uh, let's talk a little bit about digital transformation. Now this is a broad term, way overused, but our understanding of it is it's industry 4.0, right? So it's how companies are digitizing their business at every level, right? smart manufacturing, connected manufacturing. There's a lot of really exciting things that are going on out there, investment that's going on out there. We don't have to convince people to change. They're already doing these investments, right? We should be able to benefit from that. But then you get down all the way through to digital transformation within Turtle, right? Digital website, digital commerce, you know, the customer seeking more digital information. All of these things should help us. It should reduce our cost to serve and it should help us actually deliver better uh, customer experience to our customers. So this is a huge tailwind for us. Uh, the second one I wanted to touch on, Mike, was on the tailwinds was really the infrastructure. Uh, you guys are all aware of the uh, $1.2 trillion bill, right? I think of that, maybe 500 billion is gonna be in the new grid, right? New energy and infrastructure. This should benefit Turtle, right? And you guys are already way ahead of this and making investments to go after this. So some really exciting things on the tailwind side. Uh, Mike, what's, what's another one that you're seeing? Uh, as William put yesterday, talking about sustainability and green energy. Um, the distribution market has been relatively stagnant for a long time. Um, we now have the opportunity to be a part of an emerging market that didn't exist before. 
public companies are talking to their shareholders about going carbon neutral for the next 10, 20 years, and they're going to be looking for organizations that can help them get there. Turtle News has made the turtle has made those investments <laughs> um, in experts with battery storage and EV charging, so that we could be there for when those companies do call and take advantage of that growth. One area on headwinds, which is near and dear to my heart from where I came from, and a thorn in the side to everybody in this room, is supply chain. Right? Truth is, supply chain has failed us. It's made our job much more difficult, allowed us to unfortunately disappoint our customers time and time again. But this is where a power partnership really takes hold. It's those salespeople who work close with their vendors that offer solutions, offer substitutions, allow for the opportunity for, to be creative, to solve the customer's problem, that will differentiate themselves during this time and also be remembered for when this time, whenever that's going to happen, when this goes back to some sort of normalcy. In this room today, when I was running a plan for Eaton, there were people that offered those solutions and helped me get through that, and that was remembered. In this room today, too, there are people that pointed out problems to me rather than offer me solutions. So when I had that additional breaker, when I had that additional piece of copper to ship, who do you think I worked with, right? The people that looked at me as a partner rather than somebody they point out problems to. And what about on the tail or the headwind side, Mike? That was the headwind. That was the headwind. I gotcha. <laughs> awesome. Let's let's dive a little bit more into those guys. So, from uh, some of the research that we've done on the industry and even specifically with manufacturers, uh, these are probably the top five headwinds that we see outside of what Mike just mentioned here. I'll cover a few of them here. Consolidation, right? There's an unprecedented amount of mergers and acquisitions. The bigger guys are getting bigger, making it more difficult for smaller regional players to actually compete. Right? You've got manufacturers selling direct. We did some studies, I think a year or so ago, there was like a 40 to 50% increase in manufacturers adding a direct selling channel to their go-to-market. This chips away at our market share. Right? It may not take away our business, but it makes our selling job a lot more difficult. Logistics and service providers or service firms like Amazon, right, doing logistics as a service. This is making it easier for smaller regional distributors and also manufacturers to have the infrastructure on a nationwide basis to then chip away at market share against us. Marketplaces, these, there's a new one popping up literally every week, right? These are all becoming more formidable, all trying to go after some of that repeat business that may not be as difficult to fulfill, right? So those are the top four, but I would say the biggest one here is really on the, the changing behavior of the end user, the end customer, your guys' customer. They are actually uh, changing the way in which they buy. They want to self-serve. They want to get the information through digital channels. They don't want to interact as much with person to person. These are things that is imperative to really understand where that end customer is going and how we as Turtle can develop the right systems, the right information channels, and the right tools to be able to stay ahead of that customer with where they're going. Great, so from here, uh, our firm does a lot of research, and this research is not 
steeped in industries that you guys don't serve. Our firm's been around 46 years. Our two core uh, markets are commercial construction and industrial supply. So electrical supply, industrial supply, that is our wheelhouse. A lot of what you're hearing and seeing today is very specific to your industry and to your customer base. This benchmarking goes back to 2014 and was only accelerated from the time COVID started to what you're seeing today. But basically what it's illustrating is that the end customer used to receive their information primarily through the relationship they had with their distributor. And that distributor controlled the information flow. He or she would bring in a supplier, he or she would bring in a manufacturer's rep to communicate that information to the end customer. Today, the end customer wants direct access to the manufacturer, to the manufacturer rep. They want direct access to the information. They're seeking it online. They're seeking it through their peers. So the role and the control of the information flow has shifted away from the stereotypical account manager into the end customer controlling the flow of that information. You guys are probably already seeing some of this. This is just documenting what we're seeing at a larger scale. Another aspect from our research here, right? When we survey professionals such as yourself throughout the industry, they are actually self-reporting that meaningful interactions with their customers as compared to 2019 and earlier, we're down about 40%. That is huge, right? The ability for you to get in front of your customer and actually have a meaningful conversation to dig into solutions that could solve their pain, we're down about 40%. Now, that is getting better, but it's not going back to the way it was when it, before 2019, right? And you can probably already see this. Like, how many, how many people are still willing to go to a ball game with you? Right? It's probably reduced a little bit. But beyond that, I think we just need to be cognizant of this to say, all right, we still have a close relationship with our customers, but they're just too busy today to only get the information from us person to person. So how do we equip our selling teams throughout digital selling, throughout marketing, throughout all the other teams at Turtle to get the right information to our customers when they're seeking it, right? So through our digital channels, through our training channels, making sure that they have the right information as they're seeking it. Our customers are busier today than they've ever been, more projects than ever. So it's not a bad thing that we don't have as many meaningful conversations as long as we're getting the information to them at the right time. The Dorn Group has done some extensive research and they surveyed distributor salespeople across the country. One finding was that 68% of the people surveyed thought that their company they worked for was either on par or less than their competition. Now when that happens, you, compete, you end up competing on price rather than services and value that you bring to the market. That is why Turtle has always um, differentiated themselves in the marketplace, right? We've done that with our people, we've done that with our specialty teams, and now as Bob talked about, we're doing that now with our investments. Items like the panel shop, items like a best-in-class 
um, project management team, a CDC to service their customers and get their material when they need it immediately. These are the types of things that we're investing as a, as a company to help you sell better. And by continuing to do that, continuing to make these investments, Turtle News will continue to grow and differentiate ourselves from the competition. Yep, great points, Mike. All right, so wrapping up this first section, everyone, the, this is the net net of all those factors coming together. The end customer is at the center of the universe, right? They are now at the hub and at the center of this hub and spoke model. They want to receive information the way they want to receive it, when they want to receive it. And if we're not providing that information to them, then they're probably going to be getting it from somebody else. So making sure that we have um, the right relationships with our supplier partners to where we're actively partnering and working with them to get them to help us get the right information to our end customer, right? And to also be working with those manufacturing reps uh, and to also be establishing our digital channels to accommodate that buyer across their entire buyer journey, right? This is the new reality of where it is going. So if we want to be ahead of the end customer, this is more of the model that we need to get comfortable with. We can't control the flow of all information. We just simply have to be there when the end customer is needing it. So relationships still matter, right? But it's how we develop those relationships that's changing. As James mentioned, it's more difficult to get FaceTime with your customer. Having the ability to go on a golf outing on a Tuesday doesn't happen as often as it used to. But it's the, it's the salespeople that bring true value to those customers' businesses that end up developing those relationships. Are we the ones that answer the phone? Are we the ones that offer a solution to a problem that other people walked away from? That is when we bring true value to someone's business and are able to develop those relationships that will eventually get us that business. Yeah, it's a great point, Mike, and I forgot to mention one thing. A lot of the other research we're seeing is that it, the strategic seller is still needed at critical points in the buying process. As Mike mentioned, it may not be the one picking up the phone for every little ask or every little question, but us being there to help guide the customer to find the right solution is absolutely critical. So engineering that buying process to where we still have highly technical, highly knowledgeable sales professionals to guide the solution is absolutely imperative. There's no replacement for that. Because if you leave it just for the customer to decide on their own, more likely they're gonna choose the wrong solution, right? So having the ability to inject our guidance in that selling process is absolutely critical. All right, moving to section two here. How can distributors, you know, grow above market? Mike, let's talk about the power of partnerships. Yes. Um, as you mentioned before, the flow of information to the customer is changing. It's dynamic. Customers are being more proactive, getting information from all different sources rather than the typical channel which before, which was the distributor salesperson. For this reason, we need to surround our customer with the United Front that's really built on trust. Starts with Turtle, right? Trust between our mutual teams, trust between salespeople, trust between specialty departments, trust between branches. 
When we have a foundation built on trust and communication with internal and use, that's going to show to our customers and they'll see that and also trust us as well. It then goes on to the vendors. Having consistent, clear communication on strategy, on what is happening with customers, gaining an understanding of what's going in the marketplace to the point where we trust our vendors and our vendors trust us, similar to the Oconite example that we just mentioned, that's when you'll start to see compounding returns on working together. Yeah, and Mike, I think another way of seeing the effectiveness of the power of partnerships is use this as a goal, right? How do we create moats around our customers? And historically, moats obviously have been more of a defensive-based strategy, right? You put a moat around your territory, around your customer, you wanna make that moat defensible to keeping that customer, right? I think today, though, the key difference is the best defense is a really strong offense. We have to go on the aggressive here from an investment standpoint, from how we change the way in which we're doing business to do a few things. We have to stay ahead of our customer. The customer's not done changing. They will continue to change and evolve. There are new buyers into the buying process every day, and they all have different ways of working. So if we just rest on our relationships, those may not get us to the growth we're looking for. Use our relationships, but also extend into the larger buying communities that are actually going on out there. The other part of this is we could use offense to actually uh, help us develop stronger value-added services. Turtle's making huge investments in here. Let's exploit those value-added services. Let's use those to fend off some of the quote-unquote marketplace competition. These are hard to digitize services that Turtle can offer and that stand differentiation in the market. And I think the other part of this, of going on offense, is gonna be staying ahead of our competition. The competition is after your customer, make no mistake. They are moving fast, they are getting bigger, they are making investments just like we are. But everybody here in this room is the advantage that we have, right? So those three things of going on offense will help us actually create stronger, bigger moats around our customers to keep that business sticky to us. Let's uh, put some of this into practice, right? A quick high-level example, John Gunderson will be up after me to talk a lot more about these, but let's just take an example of how we could use partnership across Turtle and across some of our supplier base to actually help us grow uh, top line and profit, right? So let's say we do an analysis of our customers down to individual customers, and we see that uh, there's a certain segment of customers that might buy, let's say, 6% of their conduit and fittings from us, or in general, they buy 6% uh, for their needs. And we see that there's certain customers that are only buying 3% from us. So let's do the analysis at a customer level, figure out where there are gaps, right? Now once we have those customers identified, we've got some gaps at a product category level, let's go to our suppliers, right? And let's meet with them. We'll bring our data to the table. 
they can bring their data to the table. What we want to ask of them is, hey, here's what we're seeing with some customers in this territory. Can you guys help us identify, hey, what should these types of customers be buying in this specific territory? And once we compare data, we come up with a joint plan, right? That moves us into, hey, what does this customer scorecard look like? What are they buying? What are they not buying? What are their needs from an inventory standpoint? What are their needs from a uh, you know, specific product category standpoint? And how do we take all of that and put it into actionable playbooks and programs that we can provide to you out in the field, right? It, all working with our data, all working with our suppliers to figure out where there are opportunities for selling. In a lot of cases, it might be going to that supplier saying, hey, we're going to need special terms. We're going to need spas for this customer. We want to convert this into your brand, into us, right? Those types of programs are where we're thinking of what the power of partnership could do across Turtle and across the supplier base. Mike, you've got another great example of this, right? Yeah, I have an example of this from my time at Eaton when I was a sales manager. Um, as a sales manager for Eaton, you're constantly being asked by corporate to grow sales of a certain product basket. And one of those was um, commercial products, mainly through stock and flow. So think of your, your smaller transformers, power stock program, for those familiar with it. Um, those that understand and know the New Jersey market know that Cooper Sonopar was the heaviest player when it comes to stock and flow business, commercial business, over the counter. Um, being at Eaton, rather than going to my channel partners and pointing a finger and saying, you know, you shall increase your stock by 10%, we came together and created a program that would work for Turtle and Use, specific to panel boards, that would be able to go out and compete with the market leader. We did it in tandem with them, understanding which customers we want to mutually grow at, put the program together that would work from, from a tur for a turtle pricing standpoint to work with SXE, which everyone knows isn't the easiest thing to, to work with, right? So we did this program custom for turtle and use. In turn, our mutual businesses grew. Now, fast forward to today, that was the precursor for what is the panel shop. So it is powerful when you do identify opportunities with the vendor, rather than pointing and saying, please grow your business, or your price is too high, or your lead time stinks. How can you mutually work together to bring value to each other so you can mutually grow the business? Yep, great example, Mike. All right, so next section and last section here, everyone, is how Turtle can partner together to grow. Uh, so really, there's three key takeaways here. Uh, and then there's also key actions that we would love to leave upon everybody here. The first one is relationships still matter, right? We're not saying that they don't. They're still a huge part of us uh, being successful moving forward. But we have to recognize that the end customer is in control. And they want to work a certain way with how they receive information and how they move through that buyer journey. And there are new and new buyer agents getting involved in that buying process every single day. So what we need to focus on as a team is working with the broader teams across Turtle 
to make sure that all the intelligence that you have of how customers work, what information they're looking for, how you're identifying their pain and, and trying to come up with solutions, work with the broader teams at Turtle to make sure that that information is out there, that that information is getting to the customer at different points across their buyer journey and that they have the information available to them. The second point, building stronger moats through partnership. This is a huge opportunity for Turtle. And it's one to where you can embrace a lot of the resources at Turtle from a corporate resource standpoint all the way down to a regional level, like what Bob was mentioning with corporate and regional-led initiatives. There could be a lot of new intelligence at a data and analytics standpoint at a customer level, but there could also be a lot of additional leverage that's put on our supplier partners through our corporate relationships and through the assets and footprint that Turtle has. So work with the broader teams, help them come up with ideas as to what information might be valuable in the field. What information could be captured at a customer, at a supplier, and at a specific selling opportunity. And the final point here is partner with our suppliers in new ways. As we mentioned, suppliers are gonna be able to work with us if it means capturing new share, right? So identifying these opportunities and then partnering with our suppliers in new ways to give us some special terms or some special pricing concessions, whatever that may be, there are a lot of great resources uh, at Corporate Turtle to help us with that. Mike, any final thoughts? Uh, no, James, appreciate the, the time to, to, to go through this with us today. Um, as I mentioned before, previously working with a Turtle partner, vendors recognize the value that Turtle and News brings to the table. With the changes that are coming out in the marketplace between consolidation and marketplaces and supply chain headwinds, we have to double down on that value that we bring with our vendors, be closer than we ever were with them to really build that moat around our customers. So, James, appreciate it.